Hi, this is Susie Quattro, and you are listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again. Martin Popoff here with another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding, always thinking of new ideas, Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. This episode, episode 174, I'm calling it That Undeniable Song. Second episode in a row with uh, that in the title. Um, so where this came from was uh, this idea idea comes from a couple of places um I recently did this uh, this top 20 Sammy Hager thing and it got off into all you know all this Facebook trolling and debating back and forth about great Sammy Hager songs and we were talking about the song Dreams and somebody you know was saying oh it's just one of the greatest songs of all time what a great song undeniable hit and all this kind of stuff and you know I I was kind of pushing back and saying look it's a song it's a, it was a hit song. We can debate whether it's, it's a great song, uh, you know, and then I started getting into this idea of, um, uh, I, w- I wanted to, to mention, uh, you know, what, what I have, th- this one definition I have of a great song that, that leans to the objective rather than the, the subjective. So here, here's what I wrote. I had to share this from Getting Grief over me not thinking Van Halen Dreams was absolutely factually just a great song. I answered back, my definition of a great song is when I form a picture in my mind of the band sitting in a boardroom and playing the proposed hit single for the label around a big table and everybody is suddenly laughing, crying, hugging, screaming. Then I mentioned the ones that instantly come to mind and I won't say that now because we'll get to those and play them in other words instant obvious jaws on the floor rather than any of us pondering abstracts and the pulling of individual heartstrings I literally picture that whole boardroom getting up and dancing on the table dollar signs for eyes okay so the idea here stay with me because this is the important part of this the idea here is that um we aren't talking about the hundreds and thousands of amazing, great songs that everybody agrees are great songs that are great songs for abstract reasons or, you know, emotion and philosophy and psychology, you know, just their their guitar, bass and drums, but they're amazing songs with great hooks and great choruses and all that and great messages. So this isn't about that. This is a little bit more about Imagine everybody sitting around that boardroom table and you've got like the junior staff, you've got the, the the senior staff who some of them possibly don't know a lot about music, the accountants, the bean counters, uh, the A&R people, uh, the super, super fans. You've got this mix of people around the table. Um, so these are the songs that there's something super undeniable to everybody about these songs, why they can be hits. It perks up everybody's ears. Maybe if you're, so if you're not a music fan at all, you go, wow, that is a neat sound or something, right? So it's, so it's a little bit, um, it leans a little bit into, uh, we did this episode earlier, I think it was 81 called novelty hit singles. And it was about all the different ways songs could be novelty hits. It could be mellowness. What were, what did we have there? We had heaviness, 
uh, for a band that wasn't heavy. We had mellowness for a band that is usually heavy. We had disco. We had, uh, you know, use of synthesizers, um, drum machines. So, so there are a lot of ways songs could be novelty, but this is a little bit more moving away from straight novelty into a general sense of complication. So lots, lots for anybody to chew on, whether you're a pedestrian music fan or not. Um, just a lot of interesting things about these songs. So I, I think the overriding theme, and I'm going to go into the little the the sub themes here, is this idea of comp- complication or epicness of these songs. So so that's what I mean about moving into the objective from subjective into realism art versus abstract art, right? And you know. My, my six-year-old kid can do that art, right? That's abstract. Uh, and yet there are many abstract works of art that are worth tens of millions of dollars, right? Uh, versus realism, where it's like, okay, that, that, might, not even be, that might not even be good art, uh, you know, according to the critics. But, you know, you think of Robert Bateman or something like that, picture of a cougar, right? Um, you know, but but uh, everybody knows that there's a ton of craft in there, right? And that and not everybody could do that. My six year old child could not do that, right? So that so there's a little bit of that in this as well. Um, and the other concept that's in here a little bit um, that I've had frustration explaining uh, and and having people get it the way sort of I I'm thinking about is this idea of genius, right? You know, I've often talked about. Uh, you know, Judas Priest in the 70s, Queen in the 70s, Frank Zappa, geniuses, no one else is geniuses, right? Rolling Stones, not geniuses. Bob Dylan, not geniuses. Um, Beatles, debatable, right? That that sort of thing. Um, or, or did it take the Beatles and George Martin together to occasionally arrive at genius? Whatever. Um, so there's a little bit of that in here as well. So, so, so I'm feeling that a lot of these songs that you're hearing here, you know, they're, they're just songs, right? They're just three minutes of something. So, so I'm, I'm not going to ascribe genius to the band because of this three minutes they came up with. But um, there's, there's a certain sense of genius in these songs that, again, goes past uh, the subjective or the abstract art uh, end of things here. So, okay, so let's, let's you know, more of this will come out as, as we roll on here. Let's take a listen to our first selection. This is Aerosmith with Walk This Way. Okay, so in the time-honored tradition of these five examples that I'm coming up with, I, I wanted to put in uh, one of the songs that I've I've often thought this just off the top of my head. This is one of the main songs. So, so why is this here? So uh, essentially, um, everybody's sitting around that boardroom table. Say 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 Joe and Steve come in. You know they're they're relatively sober because it's nine in the morning, um, and they bring a nice stereo. Uh, maybe David Krebs is with them. Um, and they and they sit down and uh, and they play this on this nice stereo at pretty decent volume. Everybody in that boardroom is going to be blown away instantly. First, because of that Joey Kramer um, drum lick, you know, pre- pretty simple but but you know effective. Uh, and then uh, and then Joe comes in with that irresistible, amazing, and well recorded and beautifully, you know, Jack Douglas got some nice fuzz on that. But just this gorgeous, gorgeous 
guitar riff with the little funky chunky thing going on uh, as well. So there's a little bit of dialogue in it. Um, then the song kicks in and uh, Steven Tyler, lo and behold, is inventing rap music. Um, but it's also a tour de force musically with what's going on. There's his rap phrasing, but there's melody to it as well. Uh, and then all of a sudden he's finished with this complicated fancy verse and we're back into that glorious, glorious hit single dollar signs for eyes riff. And, and now there's suddenly now, now it's suddenly a chorus. It's not just an intro. So, so this one, this one I think fits totally right in there in this idea of, um, that undeniable song, the, the, the name of our episode, uh, objectively, this should impress everybody in that room. That's the whole point, right? And, you know, just to drive this point home further, and I'll maybe mention some other bands later, you know, you think of, okay, Aerosmith, how many more of these do they have, right? I'm not sure they have any more. Um, I really don't know if there's any more like that, even though they have other hit songs and other great undeniable hit songs uh, in that other realm, in that in that uh, in that subjective realm. But again, in this idea of of smack you right between the eyes, uh, impressiveness to anybody who's a you know any moderate level of music fan who's just going to be infectiously swept up in the enthusiasm of this song. Aerosmith walked this way. I wanted to mention as well, I'm going to mention this a little later. Uh, I did a little research on how often these songs uh, have got Spotify plays, right? So so Walk This Way, pretty high, 375 million plays. Um, so yeah, a, a beloved song. And just, uh, you know, I'm going to go along and mention some honorable mentions that may fall into these categories or not along the way, whatever. Um, but, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm calling this category the old category, right? Um, another one I've always felt this way about is Head East, Never Been Any Reason. Uh, you know, by far their biggest song. Um, it's just this weird, someone described it on Facebook as a progressive rock, southern rock song, which is pretty bizarre. But it kind of in a way. Um, so... It's here, again, because it's got lots of parts. It's got kind of a messianic, even a evangelical or Christian rock quality to it. You know, Lord, you know, I'm going down for the last time, all that sort of stuff. But it's got that that really sort of elegant, uh, sublime synthesizer thing going on in there. The different parts, the sort of Steve Miller hookiness of, of the main, uh, you know, the main chord structure. Um but yeah, it's it's long, it's epic, it's got a lot going on. It's a, it is a little proggy, it's a little Bostonish. Um, so that's one I think that fits. One that I was debating whether it fits. What do you guys think of Don McLean American Pie being in here? Five hundred and thirty-three million plays on Spotify. I think it kind of fits because it's a mix of just that that great song, great songwriting. You know, it's it's very literary. It's got a lot of words. It's it's got that messianic quality, um, but it does. It's not full of bells and whistles. It is more of a a just an epic singer songwritery one. So I think that one sort of um, straddles. Um, again, in this old category, you know, I was thinking about the Beatles, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to get heck for this, but none really came to mind off the top of my head. You know, people talk about that Hey Jude story, right? You know, how everybody was just like speechless, jaws on the floor, right? That's what I said, but. But again, um, I don't think it's a, it's a a complex bells and whistles. Everybody's going to be it's just a great song, right? So it doesn't really fit. Um, Steppenwolf Magic Carpet Ride is kind of an interesting one because it's got 
bells and whistles, some immediate hit you between the eyes hookiness, that big transition into when, you know, John K starts singing on it. Um, so interesting one. Then I thought of some of these other bands like, like an Aerosmith, like a Ted Nugent. Okay. So Ted Nugent, he doesn't have any of these. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, then I thought of Kiss. Does Kiss have any of these? You know, we included Hard Luck Woman and Beth in the in the novelty episode um, because this is a heavy band doing mellow music. So that's a novelty thing. So so does Beth fit? I don't know. I I don't I don't know. This would blow everybody away sitting there in a boardroom sort of thing. What would blow them away and cause debate is this idea of it being mellow. Um, Interestingly enough, I think Rocket Ride kind of fits um, because I think it's got some uh, some blow you away riffing going on in that song, and it's it's pretty super heavy for Kiss. Um, and then the one that I think does fit this idea of complexity, uh, objective greatness is Detroit Rock City. Uh, it is one of their biggest songs. I think most people would consider it one of their greatest songs. It's got all that ear candy, the soundtracky elements to it. It's got big wind-ups, big Peter Chris wind-ups, big chord wind-ups. Um, so all those cheap laughs, right? This is about cheap laughs around that boardroom table. Like everybody, everybody going, ha ha, well, isn't that amusing what they did there? Boy, that is kind of interesting. That's hooky. That, that could make this song a hit kind of thing. Um, so there you go. Um, that's that's sort of the idea here. Let's move on to our second selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Madness with Our House. Our house in the middle of our streets. Our house in the middle of our... I remember when I came and everything was true when we would have such a very good time, such a fine time, such a happy time. And I remember how we played simply waste the day away then we'd say nothing would come Okay, so this is another one that I think really fits in this thing. And I found this kind of interesting. So for this category, I went and uh, did a little research on the, you know, the biggest new wave songs of all time. And I looked at this, these big long lists of these new wave songs, and most of them do not fit into this category. So um, why does Our House fit in here? So, okay, so as as you can hear from this clip, I played something a little later in the song. Um it fits in here for a number of reasons. So it's got this this kind of big reverse noise intro, and it breaks into basically drums and piano. So that perks your attention right away. There's a little walk this way to that, right? Um, so that perks your attention. Um, it it is a beautifully written song. So it's it's got great chords and a great message it's even got that to it this idea about our house everybody gathering at our house and mom keeps the house clean and all that kind of thing so it's got it's got novelty to the lyrics as well which actually is a category a little later in this um that we will talk about but um what what i also you know why i played you this later bit is that um it is really dressed up with a lot of cool stuff. So not only are there all these hooks, but there's all these added hooks and swirling hooks and reinforcing hooks created by strings, horns, backing vocals, um, rapid fire vocals, like interesting vocal phrasings. Uh, there's even a break. There's a, I think there's a sax solo in it, right? Um, so there's lots going on in this song that I think puts it in here, even though it is a new wave song by a two-tone ska band or whatever you want to call them, right? Um, but yes, uh, also in this realm, uh, so one that I do feel like does fit in this realm from the new wave world is uh, is the Knack, My Sharona. Um, I think that's a song that irresistibly, you know, it, undeniably 
predictably by everybody at the label. They listen to that and go, wow, this is a big hit. Why? Um, because of that that crazy, catchy, octave-jumping, uh, rhythmic riff to the song. So it's just it's just there. You play this around that boardroom, everybody looks at each other and says, wow, this is an, an, an incredible hit. Even though it's a guitar, bass, and drum song, um, it doesn't have a lot of novelty besides that uh, particular signature thing to it, but that signature thing is massive, and of course, it was a huge, huge hit in 1979, and that album was a huge hit. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, looking at a little bit of a list of these songs, Dirk Der Commissar, After the Fire, 99 Red Balloons, Nina, Whip It, Devo, that, that kind of fits a little bit into this, but not really. It's it's just more or less, a, you know, a, a standard sort of synthy tune. Walk Like an Egyptian, The Bangles, Don't You Forget About Me, Simple Minds, Don't You, Don't you Want Me, Human League, Tainted Love, Heart of Glass, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Um, I... I I, so I don't believe that about any of those, but one I, I kind of almost would put into here because it does have a lot of window dressing on it is uh, Six Months in a Leaky Boat by Split Ends. That song is so catchy and and uh, just it deserved to be a big smash, which it was. Um, in a big country, um, you know, big country kind of kind of goes there. Um, I think you play that around a boardroom and everybody would be blown away. And I think it is a little bit fresher and different it's really got this big anthemic celtic thing going on so so i can see that one fitting in this um you know mentioned was uh, xtc senses working overtime not really but it does have that hook that everybody would look at each other and you know and say wow that's pretty interesting the the one two three four five senses working overtime thing so so those kinds of things help as well all right, uh, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset and special offer to history and five songs with martin popoff listeners you can get 10 percent off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs that's better H-E-L-P dot com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's play our third selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Pantera with Cowboys from Hell. Okay, well, the theme here kind of is heaviness. Um, you know, this is one that I've always thought. I imagine that meeting with uh, maybe Derek Shulman's there, and they're all sitting around and playing this incredible new sound, this wild, wild riff. Um, it almost sounds like a machine um, coming out of Dimebag Daryl. 
and uh, and then it breaks in and you get Vinny's drum sound and then Phil, you know, sounding like, uh, you know, James Hetfield on steroids. This is really, really impressive. And I think the, the more open-minded people sitting around that table would realize this is a brand new, you know, very striking form of heavy metal, right? Um, and I also also feel this about uh, Mouth for War as well. So that so the single from the next album, Vulgar Display of Power. You know, and then I was thinking, I remember hearing Ride the Lightning and Fight Fire with Fire for the first time. And I think those would impress anybody sitting around a, a boardroom who was tapped into, you know, heavy metal, realizing this was a, an elevated level of writing, even over a, a, and above, um, you know, what you heard on Kill 'Em All, uh, where everything's sort of based around the riff. But but I think here you see, you see wow, some, some really impressive songwriting and for whom the bell tolls definitely um and there uh you know you're getting a mix of um novelty with the slowness and the spaces and also just great songwriting right um you know and also maybe in this category i you know there was a debate about rush does tom sawyer fit does spirit of radio fit i don't think you can go beyond those two but those two are you know dressed up enough um, that you that you would that you would think that uh, anybody could kind of uh, get get swept up in the enthusiasm of those songs. Um, I won't go into it to to a big extent because you know we did cover this in the in the novelty episode. But Heart Barracuda, Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, Jefferson Starship, Jane, you know Jethro Tull, their various heavy hits, Owner of a Lonely Heart, at least the intro, right? That sort of thing. Um, so there you go. That's the heaviness uh, category. Let's move on to our fourth selection. Take a listen to this. This is Helix with Billy Oxygen. I don't know if I've played Billy Oxygen before, but I but I just any excuse to play this song, um, I'll, I'll take it. Right, only two thousand plays on Spotify. Like nobody knows about this song, but the the theme here is the main theme, the complication theme. I think this song just has so much cool stuff going on in it that it should have been an absolute smash hit. It's a little bit of a cult hit here in Canada. They even have a song off the other indie album. So this is before they got signed to Capitol. But Breaking Loose is kind of um, a little bit pretty extra special um that that it should have been big and then later on they did have a hit with rock you which has this call and response thing going on you can see that trailer park boys episode it's pretty funny but that has kind of a novelty feel to it where i could see a boardroom being impressed with but but yeah billy oxygen it's got all these parts it's beautifully recorded to me this feels a little bit like that epic uh, you know, a, a band who's not prone to making epics, making an epic like Head East with Never Been Any Reason, or frankly, Ram Jam with Black Betty. I think it has a little bit of that as well, too. You know, the different instrumental sections and hearing, you know, the different instruments showcased and stuff. Go play this song on YouTube. It is hilarious. Or on Spotify. It is on Spotify. Pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, in this theme, you know, I wanted to play something a little bit different because the main one that comes to mind, of course, is Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. I think that's possibly the greatest song of all time in terms of like, or, you know, the greatest songwriting exact. Nah, let, let's not go there. I, again, the songwriting thing gets into the abstracts, but let's just say in terms of the genius part of it, right? Um, yeah, this, this fits into that complication of, wow, a genius song. Our queen geniuses, who knows, you know, it's, you know, it's four guys. So now you got to start 
ascribing genius to the different guys, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then sweet uh, also I think fits in here as well with action. Action is sort of their version of a Bohemian Rhapsody, I think. Um, obviously, it's mostly heavy though. Um, but I wanted to include... Um, because another one that super comes to mind for me is Sweet Ballroom Blitz uh, with that drum hook and the Are You Ready, Steve, and all that. I think sitting around a boardroom, everybody's going to listen to that song and go, wow, this is this is really a fun, fun tune, right? Um, so Sweet's got a couple of those. Um, and then elsewhere, they've just got great written songs. Those All those other songs that Sweet had a hit with, Fox on the Run and Wigwam Bam, um, uh, Love is Like Oxygen even to some extent. Um, Discophony, but they'll let the, you know the, those are getting complicated. But the old ones are just examples of good songwriting. Chapman Chin, yeah, they knew how to write hits and all that, right? So, uh, and the last one in this category, big big one, uh, Jeb Wright uh, gave me a lot of help with this episode. Uh, you know, in the Facebook thing, this Facebook thing got 179 comments, but I but I got into a big back and forth with my buddy Jeb, and he brought up a lot of examples, and one that he brought up that absolutely fits this is Carry On Wayward Son, Kansas, 483 uh, million Spotify plays. Um, so yeah, these all fit in the complication. One other one that fits in here that I think is pretty interesting is Joe Walsh, uh, Life's Been Good. So that's a long song with a lot of parts. Um, it's got a real Steve Miller vibe to it, I think, with with all the little novelty sounds and being kind of minimal, minimalistic, but still ear candy-ish, uh, if you get my drift. Um, so yeah, sitting around a boardroom table, listening to that entire song, by the time you get to the end of it, with the big languished kind of heavy rock and clothes, I think everybody's jaw would be on the floor uh, going wow Joe and they'd be all clapping the slow clap saying wow that that isn't that is an epic gorgeous song that you put together there um, and another one I want to put in here is uh, is um, and I think Jeb suggested this and it's a great one is um, Billy Thorpe um, Children of the Sun uh, you know back in the old selling stereo days we used to use that as an as an audio test song because it's got so many cool things going on with it very, very soundtracky song it's long it's epic um, so yeah here we are the complication thing the sound uh the the ear candy thing and these all fit all right let's go in on to our fifth selection take a listen to this alice cooper with schools out Okay, so this was a Jeb selection uh, or suggestion as well, and I totally concur and agree with you, Jeb. Um, so this fits in the theme of uh, of a lyrical uh, of a lyrical hook. So sitting around that boardroom, everybody, I, as I joke to Jeb in the Facebook thing, I can see I can see. Um, you know, three A and R guys sitting in there, and uh, and you know maybe the boss, uh, you know, uh, you know, taking a dig at the one A and R guy he wants fired says. Hey Bartholomew, how come you? How come none of your bands ever wrote a song about the last day of school, right? So it's that sort of idea. It's just a brilliant idea. But but I wanted to put it in here because it goes beyond that. Because it does have the children's choir in there. No more pencils. No more books. Um, it's got it's got interesting music to it as well. Um, it's heavy. 
Um, so yeah, it's got a lot of cool novelty things going for it. But again, uh, you know, it's got a little bit of the, the catchiness of a walk this way. So I think sitting around the boardroom table, everybody would look at each other and say, yep, hit single. Absolutely. This is great. Um, you know, and other ones that, you know, billion dollar babies, does it fit in here? I don't know. Elected? No, I don't think so. Elected is just a normal sort of song, but it's got the lyrical hook to it. Um, Pink Floyd Money, I think, fits in here as well because it's got some of the window dressing and kind of a neat lyrical theme, you know, just money. It's called money. It's about money. So that's kind of cool. Um, Gary Newman Cars, I think, kind of fits in here as well. It's it's futuristic musically. Plus, it's like here in my car. I can lock all the doors, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of cool with the lyrical hook thing. Um, so there you go. Those are those are our five examples. I just want to, yeah, I wanted to mention a few of the numbers here as well. So yeah, My Sharona, 279 million plays. Ballroom Blitz, Sweet's kind of, you know, not kind of forgotten. 80 million plays only. Never been any reason. Only 20 million plays. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that song. Cowboys from Hell, 212 million. Pretty good. Uh, Madness, Our House, 210 million. Van Halen Jump. Uh, so I was thinking Van Halen, what do they have for this? Maybe Jump fits in this. And what I consider their best written song and maybe their greatest song of all time, and I think I put this in my polling that I wrote for Goldmine, and The Cradle Will Rock um, is pretty darn interesting. Um, so I would almost put that in there. But Jump, 645 million plays. Wow, School's Out, only 125 million. Um, and I just want to mention, um, you know, Jeb, Jeb had mentioned, and this is where I pushed back and said, you know, just great songs, but normal songs. You Shook Me All Night Long, Rock You Like a Hurricane, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, Surrender, Don't Fear the Reaper. I said, no, 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 Jeb, no. Um, that, that doesn't fit what I'm getting at here. Um, you know, he mentioned also Meatloaf, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Uh, dashboard light. I would agree with that as well. It's eight minutes and 28 seconds long. It's very epic. Um, and then, you know, again, on the gray area, Warren Zevon, Desperados Under the Eaves, perhaps, and uh, Bruce Springsteen, Slash Man for Man, Blinded by the Light. So these things that have lots of epic parts. So the idea is, um, you know, there, there may not be a lot of sound effects or anything completely like bells and whistles novelty about them, but when you put all those parts together, uh, that is enough to impress the novice uh, sitting around that boardroom table and, and the pros, right? And they're all looking at that and the combination of the hooks and the complication, the ambition to the song, the epicness, makes these things feel like hit singles. All right, um, let's see. Um, if you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi. You know that's my only thing. I don't have a Patreon thing. Um, I'm not saying just send me YouTubes or whatever. Uh, YouTubes. Uh, PayPals. Um, but yeah, Kofi uh, rhymes with nofee.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. It's pretty easy. It is a PayPal that I get kind of thing. It's like this has got this $3 you know, double it, whatever, $6 thing. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my main way of supporting this show. It has been a light week. Um, uh, basically this week, I would like to thank David Fisher, Augustine Garcia de Paredes and Steve Polari. Um, and yeah, martinpopoff.com for all the books. Of course, uh, I've got those two Alice Coopers. And uh, yeah, a few got dinged in shipping. This always happens. I don't know. There's not much we can do. They pack this stuff really well. But the stuff that all arrives from the UK, there's usually some slight, slight bumping going on. And I really can't send them out new so, or perfect. So the Dan book, if you want a deal, let me know. Uh, the Alice Coopers, if you want a deal, let me know. Kind of, you know what? Uh, if you want any two of those, um, uh 
pay for one, I'll send you two. Um, that'll that'll be an offer um, that I'll that I'll put in just for kind of this week sort of thing. Anyways, let me know. We can uh, horse trade and figure out something on uh, on some of these books you might want. Uh, MartinPopoff.com for that. Thanks again. Um, yeah, your homework for today. I think you know what it's going to be. Um, just go play Helix Billy Oxford. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R and R Archaeology. <laughs>